Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Shut the Funk Up podcast. I'm the well-fed boy, and right now I'm joined by the crypto aficionado. Jay lit the kid, what it do? So I we I, I, we told producer Mike to hit the record button immediately because we are actually right now entrenched in a uh, cryptocurrency um, uh, discussion. Yes, and uh, we are talking about uh, crypto uh, in reference to the stock market. Yes. Okay. And uh, crypto right now cannot be uh, traded on the stock market because it. Well, so there are ETFs that have recently started in the last like four to six months that are like but a ETFs Bitcoin is ETF. That... So uh... it's, a, it's like a you know an exchange traded fund. So it's a little bit different than an individual stock. Of like a conventional company. Now, can I get learned up real quick? It may, and first of all, uh, I think Jordan also wants to put this up. Uh, but first and foremost, before we like really get into this, by no means is Jordan and uh, crypto just like you know genius. Where no, no, not at all. But he the, the, delves in it. The the actually the pr the principal part of this conversation was I've been pressuring the big bear over to here to put a little bit of honey in the pot. Yes. And not even necessarily crypto, which there's many different things out there and you should absolutely diversify. But but that's how it started. Have... No, but but, you... but no, that's how this conversation started. Yes, yes. But so what I want to stop you with the ETF. Now, I was under the impression and I'm a newbie. I was under the impression that the ETF thing was a collection of uh, stocks instead of instead of, uh, you know, Get, get buying and selling stocks for Apple and Tesla and individual ones. There's ETFs, and I thought ETFs were a collection of Apple. They would have Apple, Tesla. They, they would have like you know a bundle of things, and then you can invest in that. That was my understanding. Well, yeah, and that's how Bitcoin has started so far on the market. Like you can, it's you're you're right. A stock is an, is the price of like an individual company, but ETFs can be basically separated or grouped in a multitude of different ways. So like one of the main ways is by sector, for right. example. So you want to buy a industry if you, you want to buy a bunch right? of tech stocks. We gotta, so we there's gotta, a tech we, ETF. We got to dumb it down for these guys. So yeah. industry if you will when you say sectors. Yeah, like right? a sector. So like if you just say tech, so it's going to be, you know, Facebook, Apple, Google, Apple, Meta. It's, Google, not, it's not Facebook maybe Tesla. Anymore, buddy. It's not Facebook Sorry, anymore. Meta. Sorry, Stop Meta. That. Don't, dude. Yeah. Mark, Mark leave me alone. Don't come after us. We ain't got the money like that. You don't want it. Yeah. So, you know, there's different ways to manage your risk, right? Because the more, uh, more companies you have over a specific area, like the odds of that all failing are right. much less than an individual company. Now and and, and so they, that's yes, it's typically a safer way to start putting your money in. And I and, and again, we're a podcast of tabs, and also Jordan is not a you know madman. He's not a, a you know put all your money in on what I tell you to. But what the ETF thing? Because the I I, I I'm at a snail's pace crawling into this it's a slog and i know what i'm doing i know where i'm at it's 1914 and i'm in the trenches right it now it feels like the and great depression for me blown off and i'm just pulling you back to the trench which is wisdom I, i'm just getting out of the great depression and i'm waiting for it to go back down and you're saying well no, the great no, depressions no. so you're fast forwarding i'm i'm just Past after it and i'm just like okay. i don't want to put my money out there because it might happen again yeah 
Uh, okay. Oh, so you're you're yeah. that you're that level of worried right now. Yes. Uh, well, I think the caveat should be you should definitely start by, um, you know, being willing to lose whatever you're going to put in. Now, my question to you that I think will will break your brain. Okay. That I think that you will not be able to answer, and they'll probably okay. I I don't, I don't think you'll be able to answer it. And if you are not able to answer it, I want you to make something up that sounds anything that I would not know. Okay. Now, why would I invest in an ETF? Say the ETF is 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 Facebook, uh, Meta. That was a joke. Um, yeah, yeah. Facebook. Uh, let's go. What Google, and then let's do. Um, uh, Amazon, I guess, would be sure. Let's say say that you can do all those three. Why? What incentivizes me to do those three in an ETF and just not on my own? Well, I think typically the hit on an individual stock is a greater risk reward than because, like, you know, one company could easily go up rather than multiple companies all at the That's same like time. It's like a parlay. Um, well, in, in, in a <laughs> yeah, in a. Uh, actual uh, uh, flip sense, yeah. Because yeah, I, I'm following. Fo- yes, I'm totally following. The risk following is you. more if you're doing the individual. With, with the individual, yes. Whether you say. So the other part of that too was though, the parlay good or did I sound like an idiot? No, I totally am with you. I okay. don't know if everyone else is going to be there, but this is just a thing. This is just you and me right now. Well, we do this podcast just for well, Mike. This is how we started. Oh, yeah. I, Mike is. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll hold on, into, hold, we'll on, in, there, we'll hold on, there, hold on, hold on there, cowboy. So, um, but you know the reason that people first off it wouldn't just be three companies in an ETF; it'd be m- many more. Right. So to balance odds, out the. Yeah, but just in general, it's it's the sample size isn't typically that small. I don't think, at least, um, they're usually a good amount of companies, and those the odds of, like I said, all of them failing all at the same time are rare. So typically, they're smart enough to pick good bundles of them to where it's just incrementally going to go up, not fluctuate up and down very quickly. Gotcha. So ETF, I think, is definitely like safer. Um, but it's good to have, you know, I think some of both. wonder how long ETF's been around because it's a really good idea. <laughs> I don't know. Um, if anyone out there does, hit us up. I'm curious about that. Um, so, all right. So let's get into the episode. What is up? You really put me like in a, uh, a pretzel right there. I did. I, I, that was all me. I. But we did were... I pull you closer? Yes. Okay. Yes. Good. Absolutely. Good, good, good. Um, uh Really, uh, let's get in the episode here. Uh, we're gonna dive right in, uh, and just, just there's an elephant in the room. Okay, let's let's clear the air. Uh, we had some serious technical difficulties last week. Yeah. Um, this is not the first time. Won't be the last. This is we're not perfect. This this we're not perfect, but um, I demand mm. uh, audio wise yes uh excellence yes you do so we had a bit of a snafu this week it was delayed and then when uh i'm gonna just i'm just put it all out there come uh, on it's just once again i don't know why i'm even hesitating because i was the maddest one in 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 the meeting yes uh mike fucked up mike fucked up and audio was lost he made up fucking excuses about uh you know storage and different things and because we're it felt like lazy excuses. It, 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 what yeah 
calm down, Alex. Calm down. Yeah. And so, uh, one, uh, sincerely apologize. We hate that that, that happened. Uh, that's not on brand. Um, we'd love to say it won't happen again. Mm. But, you know, the future's... You know, the, the world's in a crazy place right now. Oh, I mean, maybe if we find at this point, I'd say maybe we're looking... We're not. We're not saying. We're not saying anything. But we, if someone was an audio engineer out there that thought they could do a better job than Mike, well, again, we are a podcast of uh, transparency, and we're putting it all out there. And we, I, I fucking told Mike, uh, you know, before the show today, I'm letting them know the exact details. Mike is still our producer. He is. Um, but all audio editing mm. will now. Be going through me. It will so be... the incompetent head coach is being stripped of the play calling duties. Is that what you're telling me? Yes, exactly. Like I'm taking over them. He yeah. has an input. Yes. I'm a still a little worried that uh, it's going through because he's back there in charge of mm. buttons and stuff. So I'm a little worried about that still. But we, uh, I, I live my life. By baseball. I'm a baseball player. I grew up playing baseball. I love the game. Mm. Um, and my life is ruled by uh, three strikes. Oh, okay. See, I thought you were going to do like the, you're the manager coming out to the mound to have a conversation right this now. This is the, I am. And this is now the second time. And this, Strike the first two. time you go out there and usually it's, uh, you're, I'm getting a feel for him and it's fine. He has convinced me that he has it together. I'm coming out now the second time mm. and I want the ball and he's waving me off like he's 1986 Nolan Ryan. Okay. I like the resolve in him though. And I like that. Um, which is like, which is a, like, uh, you gave him a very bold, uh, well, personality there. Well, by the way, um, I don't know if you know, cause I know you always love the baseball nuggets. They're the best. Um, there was a point in time in baseball up until I would honestly say 2010, mm. 2000, early 2010s, where when the manager goes up to make a pitching change, if the pitcher was like a Clayton Kershaw, a Max Scherzer, like, you know, a Pedro Martinez, and they were like in the sixth, seventh, and they were. You, they they were throwing a good game, but they got into some trouble in that inning. And then the the manager would come out to make the pitching change to go with the southpaw because it's a good you um, got it. It's a better matchup. That's for him. what you do. the The pitcher used to go, "No way, Jose." Mm. He would tell the manager, "Get the." You, you would be able to read his lips. He go. When the manager's walking up, he'd be like, turn around. The pitcher would be like, turn around. Is there a rule that if he steps on the mound, there has to be any type of change? No. He's got a call for it. You got a signal or something, it's, right? It's about it's this is great. I love this. It is when the newer the the newest pitcher, the one that is the incumbent pitcher uh, pitcher, if you will, as soon as he steps on he, the yeah. mound, he is now the active pitcher. And Alex Benson learned that one the hard way in little Oh way. no. Alright, we gotta open another tab right yeah, now. Yeah, open we another tab. Open another tab, So everyone. this is an amazing story that you just unlocked. Um I'm pitching in uh, a big game in Little League and How old are we? Uh 
were 12, were, were 11 or 12. Okay. And um, I remember it was it was a big game, and uh, it's it literally you put you uh, you you play six innings, um, and it was like the fifth inning, and we were winning. Not like by a lot, but you know we were we were feeling good about it. I remember feeling good about it, and we were and we were coming out uh, to the uh, the field to take the field after we were done batting, and uh, my first baseman, who was in just a guy we picked up, and he ended, his name was Yahia. I'll never forget his name was Yahia. Love that. And to me right now, you're just a ragtag bunch of scrappers that put together somehow a decent record by the end of the season because y'all came together over hijinks. Yeah. And Yahia was, it was his first year in the league. Um, no one knew who he was. So when we drafted him, he ended up being a really good, you know, ball player from, from Cuba. And mm. he was our first baseman because he was some, a lefty. You got some fresh Cubans. We were the only team that had a lefty at first base. Mm. And Does that make a big difference? Huge difference. Huge. Is it the reach factor? What is it? It's, uh, it's, the, it's, it's a reach. It, it's this. So are you, stay with me. I'm opening when another When you tab. are a righty first baseman, you, which means you throw with your right, that means you're... Right foot is on the bag to to stretch. Yes, right. I'm throwing like this, and then I'm reaching out like this to get it to catch. As so, the righty that's how the righty does. And oh, now if the ball is thrown, like you know, towards you know, if the ball is thrown towards your right, you can fall over, and you can get it. Yeah, but you can't to your left. But it, if it goes to your left. There's a base runner coming. Yeah, and you can't block the way. And you can't block the way. It's harder. The ball's coming that way, so it's a closer play. You, you have to get off the bag. Now, if you have a lefty first baseman, his left foot is on the bag now. Yeah, and, and he further. can fall back to get a bad throw that way. Or he but he's forward. also in a way better position if the ball does go left into the mm. base uh, the base path. He's in a better position to catch that ball and make a better play when... Uh, compared to a, a, a yeah a right-hander yes okay so closing that tab so Yehia we're taking the field and Yehia uh, goes you can get a couple throws you know like you know before the inning starts where you warm up the pitcher warms up he's like yo can I get a couple throws I was like yeah man here take it I'm balling <sighs> can't believe that lack of mental focus on your part. I'm 11. I don't know the rules. You I don't know the rules. He signed up to play the game. So, Yahia takes his first throw and as soon as he takes his first throw, the manager in the uh, the opposing manager that fucking asshole who uh his name was Jose. Jose. No way, Jose. Yeah, he goes, "No way, Jose." He goes, "Out, you know, rule books the shit out of it, throws the book." The uh, He throws the book rightfully so. Rightfully so. No, no contest from your and, from your side. Uh, no one knows the rules. Not even the uh, not even uh, the blue. He doesn't even know the rules. Like they, I remember, they had to like look it up because no one believed them. But the rules are: once if someone else uh, takes the the like puts the mound, uh, yeah. on it, um, that they are now the active pitcher. Wow! And in little league now, in the big leagues, if you do that, 
you're out. But in Little League at the time, the rule was... He had to pitch. He he had to pitch. But in Little League, you're allowed to come out and then come back in as a pitcher, depending what? on... Depending on, like, the outs and stuff that, like, you play and, like, how many at-bats is, like, little weird rules because they want everybody to hit and, and, and pitch and, and whatnot. It's Everyone gets a fucking, you know, trophy. But mm. I digress. Uh, so he has to throw to the... He has to throw to a batter. Did the guy fucking crank one? So, uh, no. He... The guy grounds out. I'm playing first. He grounds <laughs> out. And then ball is handed back to Alex. And I learned there that... That was you didn't learn the hard way there because there was zero consequence, negative consequence for your action. Wow, you wanted me to learn harder. Well, no, I what I'm picturing the story is it's like bottom of the ninth, you're coming out there, they're just I'm they're, dealing. Yeah, you're dealing, and then it ha- that happens. Then you have to switch yeah, places. He has never pitched, and then he fucking cracks one, and they take the lead, and you lose the game, maybe the championship. Should I've lied and said that story? I mean, because that one sounds dope. Yeah. Then Mary is so pissed, she goes home separate. Your dad drives you home in this old, like red, like old Ford Ranger. Well, see, that's where you're wrong because after every single little league game, uh, because our uh, field was. Pretty much like five blocks. It was right, right next to my house. Is it the one by my house? Yes. By my old house? Federal. Yeah. It's uh, That's where you're wrong because after every single Little League game, uh, my dad was tanked and okay. I would drive home. And that was his way of teaching me to drive. I love, I love that even more than the whole, what did I learn this week earlier with the pitching change? Yeah. So my dad would let me drive home uh, and... Uh, <sighs> That was his way of teaching me to drive. Uh, we ran into a bit of a pickle on that when I, which I've always told you, after games that I did well in, I was allowed to stop at the local Circle K mm. and get a YooHoo and a Slim Jim. Ugh. I love was, your first choice, hate your second choice. There, it was, it was that was my prize because I love YooHoo and Slim Jim. It's still to this day. If you don't love a YooHoo, I'm sorry. Just. Keep get out of here. Yeah, get out of here. And so we pulled in there, and to leave, I backed out because I'm 11, and I don't look into the rear view. I hit, I back right into somebody pulling in. Mm. And uh, we got to call the cops. You know, we got to do a thing. We got to do insurance stuff. Mm. Um, not good. No. Because your boy's 11. Yeah, no, I, I figured that out for sure. So um, we... Uh, the person that I hit, the woman that I hit, um, uh, Ian, uh, hey, would you blow me night? Actually, was there too. His dad had all. They Classic. also had pulled in too. They witnessed all of it, and it was funny because it happened, and they were like, "Good luck with that." And oh, we, I thought he was gonna have your back there. Uh, he, we, my, me, my dad, and the woman that I had hit walked into the convenience store because the guy that owns the convenience store. I don't know, he was kind of like a weird bigwig like in the neighborhood there. And we walked in because everyone saw it. Mm. And I'll never forget two things. One, as soon as we walked in, me and my dad walked in first. And I'll never forget the uh, the guy that owns the, the Circle K uh, turns around, grabs a, a spearmint, Wrigley's spearmint off of the rack and opens up the package and hands my dad a stick. Absolute legend move. I don't know how number two could be better. And it was. I remember. I remember being like, "What? What's going on? Oh, 
my dad's drunk. Yeah, we need to evade a deal. And right we now. brokered a deal right there between like the three of the parties there, where because look, I mean, another tab. The guy that owns a Circle K, he had a whole <laughs> drug business going, and then right next, this is see, this is back in the day. Right next to the Circle K was this radio. Um, they sold radio um, uh, gear and stuff. <laughs> radio gear and, and gear. stuff okay but in the back of this like which was a front they sold x-rated videos and drugs out of it and it was like this. a known thing edgewood what it do yeah and so the guy when that happened that owned the circle k he was like we can't bring no cops here and he like brokered a deal i don't remember like the details of it but he brokered a deal between like you know me my dad and like you know the woman that i hit basically was like all right guys we all know what happened he was driving cuz like the woman knew i was driving she he 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 basically took the initiative to get the story straight yeah and he was like let's not punish this kid yeah you know this kid be on great, his record great great card to pull right there tug at the heartstrings he, he he totally played into the heartstrings of like the old woman I mean, and she's both old sides. Now. Both sides. And somehow we all just shook hands, and I don't, I don't, I don't remember like who paid or whatever. But it was that's that it was done. See, that's how you get things done. Yeah. Okay? Just get together and talk about it. Putin. Biden. Come on, man. Come on. Just get together. Talk about it. Um. Okay. All right. We gotta close tabs. Close, close, close tabs. Let's get back into it. Um. Yeah, so Mike's on restriction a little bit here. We're yeah. really sorry about the audio stuff. Forgot um, that we were even talking about. Yeah, that. I know. Uh, the last episode will not be on YouTube for again obvious audio reasons, um, but uh, they'll they'll be back up uh, this time. Uh, hope you guys are checking that out. Yeah, get on that. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we're gonna be uh, wifey and I are definitely gonna be posting something before the weekend, hopefully. Yes. Um, speaking of weekends, do you want to do a little preview of what we're doing in two weekends, real quick? Um, are we waiting on that? Are we waiting to that reveal one? That? I want to wait on that one. Okay, because wanna... we have we have a we have a new episode that we're gonna be bringing you guys. Well, you know what. The cat's out. You, you did it. I mean, I didn't do it. And I'm not it. mad at it. You You're not, it, mad, at not it? mad at it? Okay, but I think it's good that we should, you know, we should we should drum up a little bit of that mud not, in, the, in the... Not next week, uh, but the week after. Uh, uh, we are going to a show. We're going mm. to a little mini festival down in uh, Miami Beach. Uh, you, uh, you, you, me, and your wife will all Correct. be going. Correct. And... We are going to do the first mm. mobile podcast. Okay, Ooh. we're going mobile. Let get, you give them give them what we're going what we're gonna do. This is gonna be the setup, boys and boys and girls. Uh, we're gonna have the gruesome twosome all up in the car with wifey, also just smack dab right in between. Heading down to the festival, and we're gonna we're gonna knock out a little epi on the way there, and I think on the way back in the car, in the car, in the car. First, a first in podcasting. This has never been done, ladies and gentlemen. You no didn't even know that this could you we could do this. No one knows, but no. we're gonna do we're gonna do a drive down thing. Yeah, we're gonna see how it goes. We'll post some content while we're down there yeah. too. Yeah, um, we're going to see a local band, right? Mm-hmm. Juke. We're gonna go see Juke. We're gonna go see Eric. Uh, 
uh, Uncle Scotchy, and we're gonna see Juke. I've been trying to uh, drag uh, you to this for a while. That to yeah. see them for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but you did the smart move to get you know the married <laughs> bro with you. You set you set things up perfectly. Saturday afternoon. That's prime time, baby. You know. Yeah. So we're gonna have a very. Um, I don't know if I'm happy or if I'm nervous or if it's a combination of both to just allow you two to be in the same room while the mics are hot it's gonna be a little bit of a ganging up yeah i yeah. have a feeling which i'm you no know. i'll have my kevlar vest on yeah which i'm gonna know. come prepared but uh uh also so speaking of this weekend how was yours bud we both did a little uh Woo! little landscaping thing yeah you're um, still you're still blasting mowers are uh mowers or growers oh yeah Oh yeah, you know uh, I, I listened to it this weekend when I was building the. Uh, I've been I, I, I've added some stuff. I don't know if you yeah, got into it. Yeah, um, yeah. So I built some uh, some uh, vegetable beds this weekend for the garden. Look good. Um, got some seeds in there. The well, backyards looking really good. All seed over there. Um, Would you? We're put working. In there? We're 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 setting uh, we're setting everything up, and now we're and then the last the last phase of world domination is where I resod the backyard. I don't want that phone call. No 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 paying for that. Okay. No, 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 you're good. Thank you're you. You're good. You've given enough to the cause. At least a couple more years. Y- yeah, no, 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 for sure. You're you're good on that. Um, but yeah, I, built, I helped Jordan build his deck, and then he immediately sold his house. So well, like two years later, <laughs> that's how it felt for me. <laughs> <laughs> Is the finished it, and then next month? Have I ever told out. you like this? Like it's I didn't not, realize I, this resentment was there. Yeah, I've ever told you this like you know like non resentment, but like total resentment take of I mine. I love that of. I'm delighted. Like, on my side, I'm just like, I broke my dick off and built your uh, deck because when you asked me to like build the deck, you know, demolish it and build it, I we I don't think we both knew what was going into it. No, the only and, one that did was was Jesus, who, and who it was, drove down to help us. It, Shout it, out, yes, and it was quite a uh, it was it was quite a build, um, but uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this. It, to me, it felt like you sold your house six months later, uh-huh. and I was I was pissed. It was a. I was good like, I built your deck out. It added so much value to your shit, and I got nothing out of it. Uh, what could I? I offer think you, you only. I think point. the only thing I got out of it was um, you. Sh- you introduced me to the wave at uh, my market. That was a good, which, a good sandwich. Which, which had is, one last, had one on Saturday. You are a Saturday my my marketer. I am. You uh, and, shout you, out to my market best sandwich your, in Fort Lauderdale. You and your wife like Saturday at like nine thirty eight hits, and you and your wife are going my market a little later, a little later. It's it's a it's a perfect ten thirty eight. No, it's a perfect post. <laughs> Post you guys landscaping s- uh, Saturday afternoon lunch. That's that's really what it is. If you if you, her and or both do any landscaping on a Saturday, my market. There is a ninety eight percent chance that my market is being delivered. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh no. Normally I'd go pick it up. Normally I go pick it up because I, I like the little drive to go grab it, and I, I just love fucking walking in that little bodega. You're not even that close anymore, but I like the, I like that you're still doing the drive. Yeah, I haven't uh, recently as far as... I think the last time was delivered. Don't tell anyone. They just heard it, dude. Mm, Mike? 
Dude, dude Mike, there's no more. There's Mike, no more leading that. on this guy. There's no more. Cut that. The guy won't clip shit. No. He's clipping the whole episodes at this point. Fuck. Okay. Golly. Okay. Um, are you ready to open this janitor's closet? Yeah, get into it. I want to hear about. Um, I want to hear about the barcades. I've been really excited. I want. Um, I I hope that it tickled as much as I thought it would. It, it it tickled, it tickled, comma. Don't like that. No, I I didn't think you would. Why do you always have to comma? Because it feels like you're always commenting. Look, if it's gonna be ever since the MC Five episode, you're always commenting. If you are going to do the thing where you withhold beautiful sounds from me for long periods of time, I can at least comma you once in a while. I think it's my right. Anyways, I loved it. It was great. But I'm wondering, and I, I want to ask you this, because I don't know at what time you kind of heard, like, to me, this is a, a deep cut band. Yes. Is it not? Yes, absolutely. Because... I think I've I've listened to a lot of good 70s funk and stuff like that, 60s, 80s too. And I'd never even heard of them. Yes. So what I'm wondering is, were they around before some of these bigger bands or were they like at the same time? Because I feel like hearing all these other bands first makes this less different. They were... And they didn't feel like a pioneer to me, but I could be wrong on the timing. They were... Obviously they had like, you know... Many different uh, personnel changes for yeah. you know, what we went into with the plane clash uh, and stuff, but they didn't. They, uh, if you remember, they went funk like seventy six. Yeah, se- like, it was like very. It was like closer to uh, the eighties than it was seventy five. Yeah, like I, I remember when the uh, Jazzy Faye's dad. They moved because they were a session band for Stax Records, which is a soul record label, and they were kind of late. I'm, I'm really actually, I like how you kind of picked up on what you know uh, that with because they were late to the game of like, all right, let's go funk. Because funk was happening, like Rick James and and I think uh, Prince's first album and stuff was you, you, like that was before '75. Yeah, Sly and the Family Stone was '69. Yeah, and yeah, that and that and that was to me one of the things where I'm like did they come first and I should be giving more respect or was it a thing where they were just such a deep cut that they were never out there like really high on the mainstream and they were just kind of had like that cult like following yeah well I'll, I'll let you I'll, I'll, I'll flex up on you on this and you're gonna hate this okay the the way when I got into the bar case was I was a like I, I, I'm probably around when I crashed into that woman at the Circle K. Uh, I was I was at Gold Coast Roller Rink. We had that was the name of the roller rink mm-hmm. here in town. We're all Galaxy. Yeah, uh, it was Gold Coast Roller Rink, and I was obsessed. When I was younger, I was obsessed with Gold Coast and going to the roller rink because of the fucking DJ. The DJ. Not only like played cool music and there was like the lights and stuff and when you're on skates you get to dance, but this the DJ and this this the old school style he was up in the booth in the corner man he was up top in the booth in the corner mm-hmm. he's not set up like on the ground level shit 
No, no. They I I think that was that's a key element to a good skate rink is you need to be up raised and kind of where you're like the bird watch. Well, but even though and it's something I've always thought about too, uh maybe now that I'm thinking about it, it goes back to like my Gold Coast days. I always hate when I show up to a gig and I'm playing and I'm right ground level with like the dance floor. Yeah. I think that's a DJ because it's a right? weird thing where when you elevate you are elevated in stature. You know, yeah. Like, well, I think in if you're there to perform, it like gives you more of like a performance. When yeah. You're, when you're raised up. And so I was loved the DJ. I, that was the first like when the people when they ever asked me like what was what did you want to be when you grew up I I wanted to be a DJ at a roller rink. I thought that was like the coolest job ever. So that Gold Coast one time, he played this song by the Barkays. And it's the uh, I fucking search for it, and it makes sense that I can, it's not on Spotify because it would have been added. But it's uh, but it's called uh, uh, Bounce Rock Skate Roll. That's the name of the song by the Barkays. <laughs> okay. It's my, and I'll never forget. I was I was skating, and I heard this song, and it was like obviously you know it goes with you know at the the roller rink music, but it was like this funk funky ass song. And at this point at Gold Coast, I became known as the little runt kid that would constantly be uh, knocking on the glass of the DJ to find out like songs and stuff. But it was a glass, so he, I couldn't hear him. So I would have to go through the gift shop, through the skate shop to go upstairs to his thing. And I got in. And they let me in on it. So I remember, like, in my skates, like, you know, just coming off the floor. At this point, are you a roller up. skater or do you have inlines? I'm roller skating. Okay. I got the Browns on. Yeah. I got the, I got the, I got the Cleveland Browns on. And The brown and reds, right? Yeah, Red yeah. wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, like, you know, march up there and he, you know, and I was like, what was that song? And he was like, that was Bounce, uh... Bounce Rock Skate Roll by the Barcase. And then from then on, boom, it was like, you know, just burn into my memory. And I I used to play a lot, you know, during you know, during my early sets, but it's so hard to find because it's such a deep cut song, it's hard to find like really good, like sounding good versions. Like if I were to play it now, like it would wouldn't sound as good. Now I'm gonna do something that you're <laughs> gonna hate. And three oh five seven really cool windows for me. Yeah. Three oh five seven four one thirty six seventy one. I want you guys to call in with what your favorite roller rink song slash memory yeah. is because mine was definitely uh back in ATL. I think it was a galaxy off of Roswell Road. And we would drive out there for like... We had a galaxy down here. Was that what Yeah, was? yeah. Those were, I think, like... That was like the uh, Brunswick lanes of Bowling Alley. You know what I mean? Like, it was like... You like that? I really like that. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, I remember as going... As soon as you said, it was like... We yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, like, five... It was like five, six o'clock Fridays or some shit like that is when it was like kids skate, like... But they would always play like... Kids free skate. Yeah, kids free skate so like five to skate. eight. Yeah, yeah. Because there was adult nights and shit too. Well, that's when they got down. Yeah, exactly. 
But the song for me that I remember just skating to because I was you know, a little kid in Atlanta was Rosa Parks by Outkast. Nice. That, it was like fast pace and, and it got everyone going. And I just remember that was always like the song. And it's kind of like hypnotizing too. Yes. So it's like perfect to skate to. All right. Yeah. Let's start. I'm, I'm into starting that playlist. Roller rink, roller rink memories. Is that what we're going with? Um, uh, uh, we're going to have to memories of, of roller rinks past. There we go. That's it right there. There's going to be a lot of ace of bass on there for me. Ooh, daddy likey. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of, I did that that roller rink, uh, roller rink funk, right? Yeah. Remember when I did that during the pandemic? Yeah. Uh, Like one of the. Oh uh, my God! Remember, Open up another tab real quick. Fuck, that just run. I was like, I did a whole set of roller rink jams. Like that will be a memory of mine when when we're all like old as fuck and the grand the grandkids are like, Grandpa, what was it like back in 2019 with COVID? I'd be like, Yeah, like it definitely really sucked. But like, yo, your uncle Alex every fucking Friday we at like 5:15, the pool would just would just pop on the ones and twos on Instagram and lay down these nasty sets while I just, you know, had some drinks and smoked a cigar by the pool. Yeah. It, yeah. Yes. You did that for months. Yeah. And that was um, definitely a guiding light. It was literally something I looked forward to every Friday because we, you literally did not go out. You didn't do anything. So the one thing I could do was be in the neighborhood and like check you out and at least like hang out. Well, and it was a perfect storm, too, because I, uh, you know, the pandemic had hit. This was, like, right when the pandemic hit, so everything oh, yeah. was fucking closed. And it was a perfect storm, too, for me, because that was right when I got my ACL surgery for the yeah. second time. <laughs> so, like, my shit was jacked up. I remember. I, even, if it, even if things were open, I, w- I couldn't go anywhere for two months. Yeah. So, like, even when, like, it was starting to, like, kind of lax up here... Like, I still was doing it, like, because yeah. I couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It, it actually must have sucked, because I remember it was, like, two months before everything shut down. So you were already, like, yeah. quarantining yourself. Uh, yeah, and I, then, had, <laughs> I had an extra. I had an extra long yeah. quarantine. Yeah. Oh, man. But that brings back memories for sure. I All right. That. So, okay. So, Barke is good, but mad that I didn't show you, but want to know. I Well, I just, now that I know that they're a little bit later, it, it kind of makes sense that they were more of the deep cut, kind of a little late to the game, but definitely still had some good stuff. I To me, it's just, you know, there's a lot more like mainstream, like bigger, like earlier funk that I think I, I like personally enjoy a little bit more. Okay. But I'm still into it. It was definitely good music. Yes. Like, you can't listen to that. And, like, not want to groove. Yes. That's, to me, what I call, like, the robot test. Because, like, Chromio, you know, Mayor Hawthorne, stuff like that. When it plays, like Prince, when it plays, your body has to move. Yeah. And if it doesn't, I'm just like, you're a robot. That's how I know to murder you. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah. Uh, I want to hear about, because I don't think we did it last time, but the... Um, the JBL League, the Jewish Basketball Oof. League, season season two, uh, at uh, at the Brody. How's what's up? How's it going? Where what's, uh, what's up? Let's just say last night um, we might need to talk uh, change this into a sports talk show because I think the topic might be is Jordan good enough to big win the big one because last night uh, heated grudge match. 
down by 10 all game. We come clawing back with a minute left in the game. Trade baskets again. Four seconds left. Ball's out of bounds on their end line. Okay. Four seconds left. 52-52. Okay. So inbound the ball to me. Not a great inbound pass. I got this big galoot, your size, maybe, on me. He's got, he's got a hand in the face. Just paws are out. Totally thought he was an octopus with the way his hands were fucking flopping around. Love the picture that you're painting. Can't can't pass the ball. Four seconds from the inbound. You didn't. Throw up. A, I heaved one up, and literally it sat on the front of the rim and didn't go in. Missed the game-winning shot. Went into OT. Got ran out of the fucking gym. So I was haunted all night. And that's where that's where I am right now, working through this. Um, can I help you work through it? Sure. Your game's trash. Yeah. Had a good the game too. The way that you built that story up, I thought it was going in. Well, that's part of the the showman that I am, and I needed you to believe that, and then I had to rip the dream away from you. It now when you say it sat on the rim. Did it yeah. sit, or are you doing a thing? It fucking didn't sit. You're right. It soaked. It sat there. <laughs> I should have right there. I you might almost, have considered. That. I almost Mormoned. I almost yeah. Mormoned. Like Utah just, yeah, that's, just spit my shit out right there. Because the soaking is a triggering word for me. The, the ball might as well have been a Mormon woman. Because it was soaking on the front of that rim. It fucking camped out there. There was burnt logs left so over from the night So what you're saying before. is that you need me on the end of the bed to shake the bed. Yes. To help you weren't there. the friction that doesn't count. <sighs> so defeating a, a, a terrible loss after a great fought game, and we have fallen to 0-4. Oh. Yes. Wow. Now, no, no wonder you haven't brought this fucking now, shit up in a minute. Well, I was I missed last game, uh Mardi Gras responsibilities, as mm-hmm. we all know. So but yeah, uh had a pretty good game, but we just Oh, don't do that. But it doesn't matter. We took the L. Don't do that. We yeah. took the L. You took the L. We as a team, not you. The, or the, Mike. The but team Mike did took, and then Mike took an L too. Well, look at you deflecting. Look at you. Look I'm at lashing you. out. I'm yeah. lashing. Stop. I'm sorry. Just stop. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And we'll move past it, but stop. Okay. Um, let's get into uh, you know, well, before before we get into you know the Ukraine business because that's uh you know the hot topic for everybody. Um, I do want to do a quick. Happy factories. Happy Mardi Gras. We are happy Mardi Gras. Happy factories. Happy Mardi Gras. You see the socks. Pan- there you go. Let them know. Ooh, flex on them, buddy. Yeah. I like that. Ooh, they look good. Yeah. Happy Mardi Gras. Happy pancake short stack uh, day. What? I was, you know, I was like, I'm going to do a little thing here because this wasn't a good week. I didn't have a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, so one of my, what did you learn this week? So I was going to do like a Mardi Gras thing. I see we were on the same frequency cause I thought about it and I said, low hanging fruit can't do it. Did the same thing. I know. Did the same thing. I know. But, but as I was looking it up, there's like 10 different names of this day. And one of them was pancake 
I think it was it was like Pancake Day. Oh, you mean like Pancake it's just National Tuesday. Pancake Day? No, like it's a thing that they that's they it's part of because it's called like Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday, Schindler, Schindler, like you know day. Pan, then there was like Pancake Day was in there. And I was like, but it's all under the umbrella of Mardi Gras. It's not like national, huh? So yeah, so happy Mardi Gras to everybody. Um, uh, we we are a podcast of uh, of of Nolans. Oh yeah, as you can see, yeah, Dreffen's out there flexing. Oh yeah, which you we know, love. Yeah yeah yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? Happy Mardi Gras to everyone. Uh, today is a day. If you've been there and seen it, um, like you're, you're just like, why can't we all do this today? Yes, but it's not the same if you're not there because it's, it's just the environment, everything, everything about it. So let's get into this Ukraine business. Okay. You know, we, no pun intended, we fought it off, you know, weeks, you know, before last week, I think it was the first time we kind of scratched the itch a little bit at the end. Well, yeah, I hit you with the quick hits. Yeah. Yeah. But it's now over. It's, it's, we've, it's, it's, it's everywhere. Shit's real now. I'm going to shoot it to you first. Go. Monologue. Go. Um, fuck. I mean, let's unpack unpack that bag. Um, I mean, I think it's fucked up, and I think right now. Well, we know least... it's fucked up. But how are you feeling about the coverage? What are you seeing? What are you liking? What are you not liking? I'm trying not to watch as much. Uh, I typically so. I, I read most of my news. Mm-hmm. I don't consume it via the TV. I almost never watch the news. I don't really watch news clips. I do a lot of just reading. Um, so I haven't been... I, th- I think on TV, it's probably no matter what is being shown, there's going to be a lot of sensationalist shit. And it's always, you know, it's 24 hours. So there's just always going to be something on. And so how much do you want to watch? So I've been trying to read and kind of be educated, watch videos of people actually like on the ground over there talking about it because I just, I think everyone has a responsibility to like make sure what they're fucking reading or watching has some checks and balances to it. Right. So I I haven't been watching anything as far as like standard news, stuff like that. Um, But it's, you know, it's a terrible situation. And I think it's, it's, I'm loving the videos. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I've been watching a lot. Yeah. I'm loving the videos. What kind? What like? What are you? Just like people having iPhones, yeah, and, and just you know, and uploading them. Like yeah. I'm seeing videos of, you know, jets flying right over buildings, taking out buildings. I'm seeing videos of burnt tanks, burnt bodies. Like, <laughs> um, like there's a lot, you know, and I know a lot of it. You have to sift through like what's real and what's not real. But I love just being an innocent, naive fuck and just watching it for what it is. Okay. Like the guys on the island, you know, you know, telling the people go fuck yourself. Uh, the Russia, the Russian. Did you see all that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which actually, I I, I actually delved into that. The no, it's thirteen Ukrainians, and then the, the right. Russians and fucking the Russian warship them. was like, yo, we're, we'll take you out if you don't fucking surrender. And they're like, yo, fuck you. Yeah. I actually delved into that, mm-hmm. and I was reading how actually, and I think I, if you're up for it, I kind of want to change the lingo. The Ukrainians, you know, what was reported was they said, go fuck yourself. Report? Yeah. 
Okay. But when I was reading about it, actually what what how it's translated in Ukrainian, what they said to the Russians <laughs> yeah. was back up into a dick. <laughs> I and love I that. and I think that's better than go fuck yourself. I think if you were to tell someone, "Hey yo, back yourself up into a penis," I think really hits home more. So wow! I, I want to advocate towards getting well, no, rid of. They're getting a statue. They have to, and it better be on there what they said. Yeah, I'd love to be that engraver. I was loving that when I like started like reading about it. Like actually. The Ukrainians, they're a little bit more rough around the edges. They don't tell you to go fuck yourself. That's what the Americans do. The way that they tell people is go back yourself up into a cock. And I was like, wow, that really hits more of a nerve than just go fuck yourself. I love that. Just go fuck yourself is kind of like... I don't know. I think go fuck yourself is still pretty high up on like the... But if I were to tell you, hey, yo, go back yourself up into a dick, you would be like, well, whoa, dude. It's the novelty of it. It's not. You're not hearing that every day. Most right. of the day, you know, you, you cut someone off. You say, hey, go fuck yourself. You know, that's what you're doing. You're a New York cab driver. But, like, I feel like, you know, it's that's what they use over there. And, like, but if you heard that here, you'd be like, if you if I yelled that out the fucking cab as I cut you <laughs> off, hey, go fucking back yourself up into I like a dick. you're driving a New Jersey cab. Yeah, the meter's on. <laughs> yeah. And I am taking you for a spin. Yeah, I love, I'm like, the videos are crazy, like, the new age that we live in is, like, we, you get to, like, kind of, like, watch a lot of this stuff going on. I haven't like, really been watching any of those. Maybe I need to You don't want to see it. You don't want to see the truth. Uh, <laughs> um, you know? Yo, send me a couple. You want me to send you a little bit? I want you to send me a little bit. They're like, because... But uh, I want you to pepper me with all sides of it. I don't want you to just Yeah, give no, me... I will. Because but definitely throws- I'm getting the good ones from my brother-in-law, who you know, who was in the the armed services, if you will. Salute. And he's the one because he he's already <laughs> been done following. He's a accounts. treasure trove of just like like fun knowledge. Too. He's already been following like the military accounts, which you yeah. and I we don't follow those. Yeah. And like he's been sending me things of just like literal videos of like like there's this one video that I was like, this is insane of. Just a Russian jet, so like this guy's in a condo. He's like on like the eighth floor, and this Russian jet is like coming right towards the condo. And like five seconds before he gets to the condo, you can just see him just like letting off a rocket, letting off a missile, and it just fucking takes out the building next to like the guy. And you can see the impact and everything. I'm just like, this is 2022 war. Damn, you're seeing it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Send me that. But um, you know, the, I, 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 it's I, I, um, I hate to keep apologizing, but you know, we're getting off the rails here again. We've already skipped over. What did you learn? We didn't skip over it. We're we're here now. We're here now. Yeah. Jordan, what did you learn this week? Um. So I've been training this guy at work, and um, he's been he's very musically curious, and we actually have some pretty good musical conversations. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking about reggae, and um, you know, and talking about King Selassie I from Ethiopia, and I was kind of giving him the background of of how reggae and Israel and all these different things are kind of tied together um, because you'll also see a lot of 
you know, Rastafari wearing um, like Stars of David and stuff. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. I have not. Yeah. A lot of them wear Stars of David with the Lion of Judah okay. in the middle. But I thought it, it's something that I kind of thought I knew about, but I wanted to research a little bit more. And by no means that I figured it all out, but it, it was it's pretty interesting. And what I learned this week is that the way that basically the Jews and Israel are connected to the Rastafari from Jamaica is that there was, I think, 12 tribes of Israel, and there was a 13th like lost tribe, and that Definitely. tribe was black and, and, and basically settled in Africa, in Ethiopia. And King Selassie is like a... Um, you know, a member of like that tribe or whatever. And that, and, and all those Ethiopian people were basically essentially from Zion. And so they always wore the stars of David with the, uh, with the lion of Judah for King Selassie, who was basically like the first, like he basically civilized Ethiopia in like 1930. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. So it's interesting because they, um, they, they also do kind of keep kosher and stuff like that. And basically the article I was reading was actually most Rastafaris can really like really quote the Bible um, just as good, if not better than than a lot of other people, because they're just knowledgeable. And it's such a big part of like their religion and shit like that. Do the Rastafari, do they go by a certain uh, like, you know, a Quran or a, a, a Bible or I think they follow the Old Testament. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that makes okay. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, because uh, I would think. Cause I, I'm I'm not sure on that. That's interesting. Yeah, because they are recognized as a religion, but couldn't tell you. Because most religions always have that like well, book. Yeah. So they think they think King Selassie basically what is the Messiah. Gotcha. And that basically he is essentially God. And he was like, and that's how it kind of ties in. And then he's part of the people that were from the lost tribe of Israel. And that's how it kind of all connects. But it's an interesting kind of like, and the article was written by a Jew who had traveled to Jamaica to like learn more about the Rastas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was pretty interesting. So I thought that's uh, that's I what I learned like this week. I like that. I like that. Mm. Alex, what did you learn this week? Um, I learned a little bit. Uh, because we had the fiasco with the audio and stuff, and pretty sure Mike was giving me the runaround. So, uh, in 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 you know, I I know my way around recording and music and stuff. You know, mm. I was in a band with your wife, and we record our stuff. So I'm not like a complete idiot, but I was like, you know what? I want to make sure when I go into this meeting, I know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, and I started like you know watching some some stuff on recording vocals and, and things and this guy I was watching he brought up a point about uh, the frequencies of the human ear and what it picks up and the human ear uh, picks up you know these certain frequencies and anything outside of it it starts to get like you know more and more deaf to us but he breaks down uh, the reason why this area that is is most attractive to our ear that we're the best at sounding at is because this is the frequency that uh, a baby's cry falls into mm. when, a ba- when, a, when a child cries and so what I learned this week was scientists have found that our brains are hardwired to, to respond strongly to sound 
making us more attentive and more priming uh, to our bodies to help. Whenever we hear a, a baby crying, it doesn't even matter if we're not the parents, we still, it, it, it evokes like the emotional part of our brain to go towards it. Yeah. And it's also the same frequency that like women's, uh, 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 their tone and pitch you know, of their of the of their uh, their voices also in that same area as 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 babies and I thought that was very interesting um, because it's one a primal thing and two I thought it was weirdly interesting that also the women's pitches in there as if we need like that, do I, men did do we we need help well listening. yeah I mean well no to me yeah it's definitely like a very cool evolutionary. Uh, you know, like, fact, but I think it's definitely a byproduct of, like, babies continue mankind, right? Mm -hmm. And man needs woman to continue, and woman needs man. Yes. So, okay. like, so you know what a, I mean? Right. I think that, like, they actually create the child, so it's not as important for them to hear us, because they can get any of us. Uh, we need them, in the sense, and they're the most important. Part. Okay, okay, okay. So it's right. really evolutionary. I feel like at least that the men have to find the women. Yes, that's, that's exactly where you know, like, and my then head the was women at with it. and the men need to find the baby. Yes, that's exactly where my head was out, and I was like, this is interesting. Not to like, you know, you know, we're all hashtag Me Too stuff, but there's something that you know that's behind that of like men need to listen to women more yeah. and they, they there's a reason why that's in that frequency yeah it's fucking evolution yeah so you know it's tried and true it works mm -hmm. so but yeah that's cool that's super cool yeah I, I mean I, I thought so let's do it okay so uh transition here one uh did you and I'm gonna get mad hopefully I don't have to mm. I, I I gave you a couple docs last week, uh, music music documentaries to check. Yes, have you? Y uh, yes, I did. I did some homework. Sweet. Um, I uh, I did the one that I knew was the 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 time concern, and that was Rick James. Yes, you said that was there was a clock counting down on the wall, mm -hmm. and it was going back, and we were looking for something the other night, and I we it came up, and I was like. Let's do this. This will be good. And um, I had a couple good good thoughts on it. Um, it's great, right? I loved, and 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 you know this, but like whenever they would just show like the old footage, like either like on a camera or just like not like professionally done, and then they had uh, Rick Rick uh, narrating so much of it. Yeah, they did. Which is dope because I feel like most documentaries, even when they're done by the person that's in the documentary they're not always narrating it and it's from a time ago right you know it wasn't his like, sounded like it was well you know, that's kind of autobiographical like, like yeah and it's just you know there are few people that are as honest as rick james and he fucking gave it to you yeah exactly like there was no i shouldn't say this i shouldn't do like he was just giving it to you exactly how he thought and then the video was right there backing it up. Yeah. And you're just like, that's so that's so cool. Um, I also thought that the A&R guy that was breaking apart the sounds of his recorded tracks and isolating certain parts of it. 
Oh, was, right. yeah. was really cool. Um, now I didn't love that he was like the A and R director of Motown, and it was like an old white guy. I didn't uh, love there was that. There's two white guys in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't like that. Yes, but um, I thought that was super cool because it just it just further cemented how amazing he was at music because he wasn't just a guy who got up and played the guitar in front of a microphone. Right. He wasn't that. Yeah. He like embodied and and was just a part of every part of the and sound. He produced all of that. Yeah, and he was just he had his hand in all of that stuff. Now just to stop right there cuz I just want to just clarify for you and the other people, whenever we talk about in the Peacocks and music, whenever at the end, whenever I always tell you how the uh the masters and the shit got lost in the universal fire. Don't tell me. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You will. You are. You. You're not able to get what that guy was doing when he was like isolating tracks and different you know things. When those the things that get burnt up in that universal fire fire you 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 can't do what that guy does because that is oh, gone now. Okay. Yeah. Like those are like those master. I thought you were tapes. saying that shit was in. No, it. those master tapes that are like you know when you hear about that they they were burnt up in the fire you can't bring those back into a studio and do what that guy did. Mm. Just to give you a little. Yeah, which is fuck. I mean, I can't even imagine. Yeah. But it was super cool um, just watching them do that, and it was really cool because. You and I both loved Rick James. Um, Wifey, I don't think, knew as much at all and was very like, hey, I want to listen to him more now because I'm watching this and this is cool. Yeah. And I think that that is like the root, like the, the, the base root of what anyone that's making a documentary about someone is trying to do, especially yes. in music. It's yep. like, think that this is cool and listen to him and like them the way that I probably do, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so I think that was cool, um, you know, to kind of watch her kind of, you know, work through that while Did she you remember it. when you were watching the documentary of, because, you know, you and I have read the book, um, and we're going to keep saying that because we were G's like that, and that's how much we love Rick mm. James. Um, did you remember when watching the uh, documentary, the uh, competition with Prince? Yes. Did you remember that? And I because the documentary, I felt like the video, the the one, uh, it brought that to like a lot more. Because I don't know if you remember in the book, Rick kind of is like, yo, he tried to show me up, and then I went out there and I played the drums and I wiped the floor with them, and he kind of like ended like that. Where on the documentary, like it was, it seemed like it was way more of a. Uh, schism of like yo as soon as this fucking tour is done you're fucking off of it yes um i thought that the book did uh, he was very dismissive of prince yeah and he wanted yes, he didn't want to he didn't want to continue talking about it because he didn't even want to give him any of the the clout of even being mentioned in the book he made it a quick little blurb mm -hmm. and then like continued to move past it where i think in the documentary probably also because it wasn't done by him yes. with him watching over exactly. the shoulder i think they 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 delved into it a little bit more and it's something i definitely knew but i forgot because we'd read the book it happened so many years times ago to me. and and so it was interesting to watch because i was like oh yeah and i feel like i certainly feel this way and i'm sure you do too but i pair them together in this weird way yes because although 
not a the lot same, of their music does kind of overlap. Not the same type of funk, though. They not both at all. Did, but not the same. I know where you're going. No, there's a certain su- subgenre that I think people can understand when listening to both. That they are, you know, they have that Venn diagram. Some of them are overlapping. A majority of them are not, though. Yes. And it's just, it's kind of that yin and yang of like, which style do you prefer? Like you could over like that Venn diagram if it were. Uh oh. Uh oh. Do you hear that? You know what that is, right? Four beeps. One more. Right. Yo. It's, Five beeps. It's it's Mardi Gras time. It's Mardi Gras season, baby. Uh, what what I was, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and then you can talk about what while I go grab the uh, what we're gonna do here. Uh, the the Venn diagram of like George Clinton, the Parliament and Funkadelic, and Rick James is way more overlapping than the the Prince and Rick James. Absolutely, and it's very funny that you brought that up because I loved that part of the documentary when they were talking about uh, Parliament Funkadelic. And one of the things to me that really stood out in the documentary is, you know, we saw Parliament Funkadelic in Chicago a couple years ago, and they were as old as could be. They were not impressive. They were not good. It was a huge letdown because I love Parliament Funkadelic. But I will say in the documentary, your boy Bootsy looked good. Bootsy looked real good. And he was, like, sharp. He was on it. It was really weird. Like, I thought he was an old fuck. Um, uh, we got a couple more minutes on that over there. Yeah. Um, but uh, you're so right. It is so surprising how on he's, he's the with one it. he is. Yes. Oh, I like, I like what you did right there. That was another interesting part well, of the Well, that's a thing that, like, I need, a, I need everyone to really completely understand is the on the one. Like... That was a very interesting because the guy was talking about it and then he started playing it so you could un- you could hear what he was talking about and how that sound is so different from I want let me kind of, I want to, I need to break it down cuz this is something that I've wanted to teach the audience. Go ahead. So Bootsy Collins is uh, is most of you know he is, you know, the famous, you know, bassist for Parliament Funkadelic and then um uh, well, first James Brown band, and then in, in, and then Park, Parliament Funkadelic, and then you know tons of people after that. But B- James Brown is the original, you know, you know, Godfather of funk. And James Brown was all about the one. And when Bootsy Collins was in the James Brown band, uh, it was all about the one. And when we talk about the one, this is this is the one. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, this story now. When when Bootsy Collins left. And was kicked out of the James Brown band, and he went to the Parliament Funkadelic. George Clinton scooped him up and uh, said, "Yo, you guys showed me all of the tips, t- uh, tips and tricks that James Brown, you know, like when you were in there." Yeah. And Bootsy told him, "James is all about the one." And George Clinton goes, "Huh? What? What's the one? This is the one. The one is one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. The, that those are the bars. Those mm-hmm. are the measures in yeah. music. But to to make you like really understand it is the very famous George Clinton song of "We Want the Funk." Mm-hmm. We want the funk. Gotta have that funk. Oh, we want that's those that's that's the song. The one is the oh we want the funk. Mm-hmm. Gotta have that funk. Oh, we and you put the emphasis on the one. All of the 
all of the instruments, the basses, and the other things, the, when that one hits, that's when you come in. That's when the riff starts. That's when you hit the loudest. That's called the one. And so the reason that was such a cool and interesting thing was because a lot of a lot of music wasn't like that. And no when, funk music was like that. And when they explained, and they always kept going back to this thing with Rick James about just how his music would kind of assault you and it was in your face. Well, the emphasis is on the beginning, like right. you said, and on the one. It's and on the that, one. I think, is a big reason why those same kind of adjectives were used to describe his music. Because it was that, we're going to come at you first, and we're going to come hard. And that stuff always just... Well, it, and it, the one the one thing about Rick James, and Bootsy you know, says it in there, Rick James knew the one without being taught it. You know, he, yeah. you know, like, you know, George Clinton didn't know about the one. Mm -hmm. If you listen to the early Parliament, the P-Funk, before Bootsy joined him, because there's two or three albums before uh, Bootsy joins uh, George Clinton, the Parliament Funkadelic, where they're not on the one. But as soon as he joins, they are on the one from the get-go. And Bootsy talks about how Rick's ear and, and, and just knowledge of music theory, he knew about the one without having to be taught it, mm. which I think is very... Very crucial in this whole entire like thing with with Rick James is because he's such a musician that you would think because of the style of music and like the sexualness and all the stuff that he did and like the way he looked you don't think his music doesn't sound intricate but he was a genius yeah you I know mean, does that yeah. make sense yeah and I don't think intricacy is always going to correlate with like only people that are geniuses can do that because I think there's also a genius in knowing how to let the music flow right. and not filling all the gaps. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You know you could, but you don't have to. Right. And I think, especially in funk, that's important because that, that almost dead sound in between the instrumentation is what kind of makes it funky. Right. right? Yes. And so, overall, I thought it was a great documentary. Um, I would definitely recommend it to anyone that, that can check it out still on on i don't even know i think we fucking on netflix or no it was just well now it's back it was on, on like showtime Comcast. it was yeah. on prime but now it's oh off. then it was on prime so yeah. now it's back on showtime um so whoever has showtime good luck yeah but uh definitely go go cop that yeah definitely a good good documentary um let's get into the peacock here i'm gonna grab the uh the uh, the mystery uh, the mystery meat the mystery meat here okay. and uh, we'll come out uh, Mardi Gras. All right, let's do it. Let's get into it. Uh, the the mystery meat is out. Yes, it's here. Uh, Mardi Gras is in effect. Uh, you you gotta you gotta eat. You gotta get fat. And we told you last time that we were gonna eat some fish sticks. Yeah, live. 
We're here. So I, I went and got some fish sticks. And I see that you got the tartar sauce. I mean, you can't do one without the other. One without the other? I, I made sure. I think I put enough in there for us. One one hand washes the other. Um. So we got fish sticks going. We, you know, we, 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 we stay true to our guns, man. We don't lie to you. We try not to lie to you. I mean, we definitely do lie to you, but you don't need to know when we're lying to you. But speaking of lying, um, this is why I love our listeners. Mm. Um, this is the type of stuff that we love the interaction. We love the interaction with you guys. That's why we're always giving you the uh, the phone number to text and call in because you guys, uh, we always, well, one, we don't want to know your reactions, but two, you guys got good content. Mm. And um, more coming on that later. Yeah, and you guys, uh, I had I had somebody call in, and uh, and let me know that a couple episodes episodes ago when we were talking about Natural Child, mm-hmm. um, Natural Child was a Peacock a couple episodes ago, and I said they were on Burger Records, which they all of their albums are uh, released on Burger Records, but Burger Records uh, is no more, and I was. Uh, I was privy to that through the the listener. I won't say his or her her name because they're gonna get a little too big for their britches. But Burger Records is no more. Uh, they got caught up in the Me Too movement. Really? So, uh, they might. They're on. Their Burger Records will next time when we do uh, Cancellation Station. No. Which we talked about. Uh, we will we'll, we'll be doing that segment coming up here in the next couple episodes. Uh, they will be first on the list of cancellation station. Burger Records is donezo. I don't like that. Burger Records, Burger Records is donezo. I'm dipping. All right, we're gonna do my this. first fish stick in, and it's my childhood. And it's my childhood. It's a I good tartar sauce too. I don't know what happened to you know fish stick mania, but. For anyone out there that wants to know, the fish sticks are still kicking. Okay, I would Just say because South Park, you know, made a little episode on it with Kanye. Because I feel like that's what was the demise of fish sticks. Was, was it that was the Kanye episode? I think everyone was like, "Oh, I'm a fucking gay fish," and they thought that, like, you know, we can't eat those anymore. But these are hit. This really, it's definitely right. Reminding me of like kindergarten through like K through six, like you know, we're good. Like not even middle school. Um, let the record show, and I'll speak for Jordan because I think he'll agree. Yeah, let the record show. That really, I'm taking my last bite here. I know you guys love listening to us chom on food. Let the record show. The tartar sauce is the star of the show. Absolutely. A little bit of tang in there. I like a good chunk to it. Whatever you want to toss in there, but it's got to have a little tang. So. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, if you hear us chomping away, it's because we're eating fish sticks. Yeah. And we, and we like fish sticks. Okay? It's yeah. our childhood. We like it. We're bringing it back. There's no reason why we can't. So, this week's uh, Peacock and Music is, and I'm staying on the theme of Mardi Gras. Okay, I the, like that. The meters. Ooh. And I knew you would know. Ooh, my guy. See what I did? Yeah. See what I, I did like there? what you did. I mean, we are recording on our on our podcast first, Fat Tuesday. You know? Um, 
today's the day. And, it's and you It's very apropos, and I think I'm very excited for this. I sat down. I wanted to do a New Orleans thing. I wanted to do uh, uh, a, a New Orleans you know, band that was peacock-worthy, but also, again, we'll bring back the Venn diagram that Jordan would know. Because I don't like, because like I know I've, I've said this before. I don't, I don't take any pleasure when you don't know them. The meters are good though because I know them. I've definitely listened to them. I like them. Do you think they know them? The 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 Gen Pop, yeah, out there in Gen Pop. What do you think? So what's the? I would say. What's the percentage? I would say seventy thirty don't know. Okay. I'd say a majority probably don't know. They should know. Yeah. Um, They're gonna know now. Yeah, so let's let's teach them. Uh, okay, let's get into the meters. Legendary, legendary New Orleans jazz funk band from 1965 to 1977. Mm. Uh, started by Art Neville, the legend. Mm-hmm. Art Neville. Uh, he launched his solo career in New Orleans. And uh, in, 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 in I'm going to keep saying New Orleans just for them. Because I would say New Orleans, but I don't want people... To they don't like that there, right? Uh, in 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 Nolens, when you when you say the tourist says it, yeah, I think they I don't like think it. any. I don't even think th- do they say it. Oh yeah, but only because they're saying New Orleans and it's just like Cajuns together. Yes, they're not doing a thing. I'm doing a thing. Yeah, because I'm trying to sound cool. Yeah, but for they pe- hate it, right? Yes. Okay, but for because they can sniff me out. They'd rather us just say New Orleans. Yeah. Okay. But for Peacock purposes, I'm going to say New Orleans. But know that I'm, I'm super cool and I usually say New Orleans. Yeah, you're saying like New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so started his solo career in New Orleans in the, in the mid-1950s. Um, and the original lineup to the meters was formed in 1965. The original lineup was Art Neville on, uh, on lead vocals. And he was also the keyboardist. Uh, Leo Nacincelli. Or maybe no- Nocincelli. Give me it again. Knock N O C E N T E L L I. Knock and Chelly or No Sincelli? I'm going Knock and Telly. That's what I. I'm going Knock and Telly. Yeah. Uh, We're united on that front. Thank you. He was the uh, uh, the lead guitarist. We had George Porter Jr. on bass. Joseph Zigaboo uh, Modalesti on uh, on drums, and then we had Cyril uh, uh, Neville on uh, percussions. Maybe it's Cyril. Cyril. Cyril Cyril? That's another one I need you to like, you know, vote on. Fuck. What it's Cyril or Cyril? I'm going Cyril. S uh C Y R I L. C Y Cyril. No. Cyril. Cyril Neville. That's what I okay. Cyril. All right. United on that one too. Thank you. Cyril mm-hmm. Neville on percussions. Um they quickly became the house band for Alan Toussaint's uh, record label, uh, Sanzu Enterprises. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone that knows Alan Toussaint, um, he's pretty much the first, uh, you know, badass record label out of New Orleans. You know, he had Dr. John on there, Professor Longhair, um, his own shit. I mean, he's just... Yeah, his shit's good, too. Yeah, he, he's just widely regarded as, like, you know, just the, you know, the father of New Orleans, like, jazz like just laying down just having a label yeah i was about to say like just establishing a way for them to do something besides play live yes um so so uh in 1969 uh the meters released sophisticated sissy and sissy strut 
Uh, and both were just major hits. Both were their biggest hits of all time. Uh, I believe they reached like number nine on the R and B charts. Um, they came out. They came out hot in 1969. I f- they had a, a an album come out before that, but Sissy Strut really is what put them on the map and like is a lot what a lot of people think is their first album. And it's it's okay. We can let them think that. Okay. But. Uh yeah, so Sissy Strat, Sophisticated Sissy came out super huge, and in 1975, Paul McCartney, you know, having the ear that he has, loved the band, loved their sound, and he invited uh, the Meters to be uh, the band that plays at his album release party in L.A. in 1975 for his uh, album uh, Venus and Mars, and uh. Mick Jagger was there. Mm. Mick Jagger was there. He loved it. Loved. I mean, as we have gone over, I think just numerous times in this podcast, the Rolling Stones loved anything American and black. Yes, they, that's that's a fact. It's getting to a point where we don't want to say it, but it's kind of already understood that the Rolling Stones were. Just wanted to be black American musicians. Yeah. And they were really good at replicating it. I think that is just a uh, reoccurring theme, I think, in in black music in America. Because, you know, David Bowie did the same thing. Mm-hmm. All, these, all these rock artists were coming over from the UK and they wanted... I mean, if you look at it, you know, that, that jazz sound, this is where it came from. So, like, you couldn't get that. It and, came from here. You know, I didn't want to do it, but we're going to do it. I never really, I knew it, but I never really realized the magnitude of it since starting this podcast with you, mm-hmm. which I'm so grateful for. Mm. The Rolling Stones are creeping towards more and more for me personally as were they a great band or were they really good at cover songs? Because a lot of their early stuff was blues covers, trying to be like blues guys, even their first songs where a lot of their riffs were very close to blues. It's a it's a feeling that's growing inside of me that I don't like, but I need to just I had to say it. Okay, uh, this week on the Beatles really went like that music, a lot. I'm doing them. You know, the Beatles had that influence too, but you don't hear that in the Beatles songs like you do in the Rolling Stones. I I definitely I definitely see what you're putting down. I might be picking it up. We're gonna talk about this again next week. Yeah. Um, but. I think, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but I really felt like blues was push, pushing the guitar and the guitar was pushing blues kind of at the same pace. Right, but... So, like, to me, I feel like with... They know, covered a lot of blues. That's my thing. Is yeah. They covered so many Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolves and... Just uh, John Lee Hooker's and El- like even Elvis, even though he's not, about- but they covered so many songs, especially in the beginning, before like even Painted Black and stuff came out. Like 
a lot of their biggest songs that people loved about them was like not their songs yeah. and like the Beatles and the Kings and other like you know British invasion bands they had that same influence but like the Beatles would like they would cover one song maybe on an album yeah no I get what you're saying um I'm gonna listen to them in depth and we're gonna have a conversation next week Sorry, I, everyone else do the same. It's a, it's this episode just uh, it's 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 a an episode of, tabs. Of, of taps, and you know, and I won't I won't apologize for it. But uh, yeah, Mick Jagger was in attendance. He really loved them, and uh, and uh, asked them to be the opener uh, on their 1975 American and Europe tour, which wow. was that's, huge. Yeah, that's huge. Huge. Totally put them on. Um, you know, everyone loved them, but. Uh, they, uh, they kind of, they didn't sit, they didn't sit together after. What, what, was there uh it, it almost seemed, and I couldn't find anything on it, and I was trying, because as soon as they went on this tour, a year later, Art Neville left the band, and he was just done with music, and I was like, is this one of those situations, like, the Betty Davis situation, where just, like, not my style, not my thing? And, like, I'm out of, like, you know, because it's starting to get popular. Hmm. But I couldn't find anything on it. But it felt like that to me. Because a year later, after going on this huge tour. Which you think would be the catalyst for, like, their careers to continue to catapult forward. Yes. And he, like, he dipped. And he was, you know, the vocal. He was the leader. He's the one that put it all together. And he, like, he dipped. Damn. Yeah. And, like, again, and then, obviously, the band was pretty much done after that. Because he was... And it, I couldn't find anything on... So there's no dirt out. You couldn't find any dirt on why find, they broke up. Because that was my whole thing. I was like, what's why? Why? That's always the question when a band breaks up. What did it? Right. But I couldn't find anything on it. They, um, like I said, they eventually uh, end their stuff. Um, after Neville, like, you know, he, he left. He continued to do his own stuff. He was now... And, well, not now, but he he went into the Neville Brothers, the Neville you know, Brothers stuff, yeah. which we all kind of know now. Um, but the rest of the guys, uh, uh, uh George Porter Jr., and um, I can't think of the other guy. Uh, it's right here. Um, uh, J- Joseph uh, Modalesti Zigabu. They went on to become very sought-after session musicians. And they were on tons of like oh. people's like you know albums and shit like Robert Palmer Jr., McCartney, Ron Wood, Keith Richards, shit like they were like they became like those guys that okay. everybody wanted to like sit in on. That's that that to me. Although this is like when your two of your friends break up, but. Like, somehow everything's still cool, and you're still able to be around both, and there's not, like, like I don't feel like anyone really lost here. Yes. No one died. No one died. No, there yeah. wasn't drug. Well, maybe, but, you nope, know, like. You're good. You're but, good. But there wasn't anything here, like a terrible tragedy that occurred. Everyone went their separate ways and seemed to be successful in their own right. Exactly. Well, that's great. That's heartwarming. I feel like there's normally a, a, a death and some... I oh, it's a good one. We're good. Oh, okay. Okay. Because yeah. I thought maybe like, you know, yeah. I don't, Billy Preston stuff. Like, no, I, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, everyone was good. And then in 2005, because, you know, they kind of, 
you know, ended abruptly. In 2005, Quint Davis, who was the producer and director of Jazz Fest in, in, in New, New Orleans. Orleans yeah. Take me everything to say New Orleans. Um, he got them back together. He was the only, like, person to get, like, the original, uh, you know, band members back together. And they played uh, Jazz Fest in 2005 and then also Voodoo Fest in, in, uh, in, in New Orleans that same year. Um and that was the only stuff that the original members actually got back together and like you know played live again. Just just those two shows, and uh, now uh, various members are still like you know touring and doing stuff under the name of the Meters. It's either under the Meters, under the Funky Meters, under the Meter Men, or like the Meters Experience. It's all one of the guys are involved on it. They're just kind of like you know using the name to keep yeah. you know, going. Um, and that's because Art Neville died in July twenty second, uh, uh, two thousand nineteen. Mm. He uh, he passed away finally. He uh, he wasn't even you know involved on it, but it's it's a weird thing that it's I, I'm surprised that they abruptly ended. I didn't know that about them, and they really didn't do anything else after. Like I said, I couldn't find like no one was pissed off each other. They just kind of. Just, yeah, Did which thing. I totally would have had the same uneducated kind of opinion there, where I thought they would have been going for 40 years, but never, like, broke through, but never, like, weren't good enough to still, like, pack, a, a like, a, a, a club out. Yeah. You know? And uh, the only thing I'm going to leave it on, because this one just really sticks in my craw fish, mm. if you will. Yes, thank you. Um, They've been nominated to the Rock, Hall and, Rock, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, many times, but they've never been inducted. How many times do you think they've been nominated? Uh, I'm gonna go with I don't know what like Cons- a big. Be, you could be don't be conservative because I think I, the way that I said that it sounded three like four times, and they still have never been inducted. Hmm. Most recently was 2017. Okay, so that's a that's a that's a, that's a shame. Okay, that's a shame. That's yeah, that I mean, to be... I I will I will give my judgment next week on this yes. because I know them. I don't know enough about them. Exploratory truths in music. We're gonna get into them. Yes. So that is your peacock in music this week. Uh, go check them out. Uh, as always, we uh, we make the peacocks in music playlist on Spotify. Yeah. Um, I was checking it out today. Actually, we got the likes are up there. People are listening. I think people Good. are checking it out. Good. The likes are up there. People are into it. So yeah, go on Spotify, check out Peacock, uh, look up Peacocks and Music uh, playlist, and all the songs are there. Uh, you know, we we choose the choice tracks for you. We do all the homework for you. There you go. And soon, soon to be coming, Roller Rinks of Yesteryear. I can't wait for that one. Yeah, can't that's wait gonna be. We're gonna stockpile that. We're one. gonna get that one together uh, fairly soon. So we'll have. You know, look, if you're going to do some landscaping outside, we got the playlist for you. Now, if you're going to adult skate at Galaxy on a Friday night, 8 p.m., boom. Gotcha. Gotcha. There you go. That sounds like a good Saturday to me. That sounds like a perfect Saturday to me. Little yard work in the morning, hit the rink in the uh, the evening. Little yard work in the, little woodwork in the morning, little woodwork in the evening. I love that. You know? Yeah. Um, I have something very quickly that I want to get into. Um, this is a crisis. I know that there's a lot going on, uh, on the other side of the pond, but we have, you know, and I don't want to speak in hyperbole here. We basically have another Cuban missile crisis going on right now. 
Now, um, when you say Cuban Missile Crisis, are you talking about your bedroom? No. Worse. <laughs> <laughs> I am talking about... Uh, I, I noticed I was trying to feverishly... His wife's Cuban. That's what I was doing. That was the joke, guys. <sighs> yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, to, yeah. I, I mean, that sure. was... Uh, okay. Uh, that's some new listeners. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um... I, I I was looking for the voicemail or the text message uh, to the to the the shut the funk up at gmail.com mm. shut the funk up podcast at gmail.com get at us that's right you can email us too guys you don't yeah. have to just call in and uh, a very loyal fan who lives in my neighborhood P Funk has officially laid her claim as a Newell Kids on the Block oh. And I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna. You thought I, you thought the ball tipped yeah, in instead and, of out. And I was yeah. I thought the ball tipped in instead of out. And I was about to shut this down immediately. No, um, she has made the claim. She has chosen her side. Now I can't have missiles that close to my house pointed directly at me. Doesn't feel good, huh? No, it does not. Hmm. And uh, wow. I would like to wow. make one last effort. Who is it? To uh, to you know recruit who is it and uh, and allow me to show you the other side and maybe maybe we'll just make this a neighborhood thing. Is it cat? It's P Funk Paige Nast. Oh oh I'm sorry okay yeah P Funk has 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 staked her claim and um, I'm not happy about it. It's weird that you're not happy about that because you know I have. I got history. I got history. But I got I got missiles in my backyard pointed right right at right at Paul. And um, that's not cool with me. She, uh, she is Dr. Nasty's, you know, younger sister. Yes. And shout out to Dr. Nasty. And he's not on your side either. Well, I got medics in the field. You don't. Look, there's f- four out of five doctors might recommend, you know, <laughs> but he might be the one. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this is alarming. Um, you know, uh, I don't like someone being that close of the opposition. And I would just like to make one more impassioned. Can you send someone over to Switzerland? I'll meet you there. And we'll just, we'll just talk. We'll just talk in a neutral location. Switzerland's not neutral anymore. Well, I don't know if you've seen. I did, but they're not. I, their sanctions are being recently, doled out. Recently, you know, um, in the middle Switzerland, not in the middle anymore. Um, I, I just, I'm making an impassioned plea that maybe you might just, uh, switch sides. We'll see. It's starting, it, you know, it's starting to, we have a real life war going on Mm -hmm. and it's starting now to feel like to me, um, that there is a war going on. Within you've the airwaves, put troops at, you've put troops at my board. I haven't put any troops. You've if put anyone's troops. put troops at any boards, it's you. If anyone has been going over enemy lines and 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 spying in 007, it is you. Are you are you going to say that is a false statement? No, absolutely. I have people everywhere. I have this. this I'm not putting anyone this, this at whole, the border. This whole studio. Is I'm gone. doing a very normal drafting of the people in my country. I have Mike taping you at all times. I review the footage later. Does the so he saves your footage, but not. Yes. Wow. 
And wow. the, let me just tell you, the audio. Wow, my, the my, audio. Mike's Mike's look at him. He's gr- he's grinning at. He loved that sentence that you said. Guess what? And my shit is crisp. Um, listen, you know, P Funk. That's your name now. Uh, if you want to go over, that's fine. Ooh, that's fine. I'm just willing to let you walk, dude. I'm. I'm the Ukraine president over here, okay? I was once on, you know, a sitcom no. in, in, in a comedy, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, duo. Mm. In, in, but now I'm a leader of a country, and I don't, I don't, I, I wasn't what I ran on. By the way, did you did you see that? Did you read yeah, that? Of course I did. That was like an amazing little nugget that came out like in the middle of his whole entire thing of like He's doing a Reagan thing. Oh, by the way, the guy that's in charge of Ukraine. Yeah, he was on, like, the Ukrainian office. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you have Jim right now, just handling business. I was watching a podcast, another tab's open, I was watching a podcast, and it was, like, you know, this Ukrainian guy, you know, talking, like, giving you, like, the 411, I'm on the grounds, and he was talking about the president, he was like, dude, when we, when this guy was, you know, elected, we thought this was a joke. Like we, he was like, I was so disappointed, like, you know, in our country that we elected like this guy that is just not like fit for office. And he was like, but now he's just vested up with AKs handing out Bolotov cocktails and he's just not leaving. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty badass. And it seems like he's, you know, they're thinking about, uh, well, they put an application in to get into NATO and stuff. So they're trying to cement themselves while also trying to discredit Russia, which, I mean, I think they're doing a really good job of. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. But, yeah, he's definitely a badass. I saw him, like, standing there with the with the vest and shit on. I'm yeah. just like, why doesn't our president... Why, our president would never look as cool as that in a fucking vest Oh, right my now. God, no way. Our president doesn't look as cool as, like, Putin anything. or, like, anyone. And anything. Like, Putin's out here. I'm, I'm watching him on, like, on top of, like, like horses and stuff. Yeah, like shirtless. With, like shirtless. Shirtless in a And his cold. chest looks like maybe it's photoshopped, but it looks good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he doesn't overly they didn't overly tone the picture either. No. He's pasty and he's his age, but it's like you look you look good on that steed. If Biden if Biden's up there shirtless? and that and that comes out shirtless? I'm worried. Not I'm re-elected. worried. Yeah. I'm I'm saying uh no one put a helmet on him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What yeah. happens if this, it would be this a, guy bucks? It would be a, it would be a three foot pony that he'd be on. <laughs> right. That's it. Like it's it's concerning. Yes. Again, but we, back. But we back, mean but to I'm do closing that, yeah. that tab. Um, P Funk, just uh, just think carefully because we have missiles too. You know and what I you're don't doing. Wanna, I don't want to. You know what you're doing right now? What? And, and this is what you did to the Mitskis too, which you have, you know... I charmed them and you, showed them the light? You have done well. You took them. But you know what you're doing? You're doing... I'm dating the girl, the guy. I'm dating the guy. Mm-hmm. Or girl. But probably mm-hmm. the guy. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, you're doing the, I could treat you better. Yeah. You're doing the... But you're my friend. You're my friend. Yeah, no, I'm and, your best friend. Yeah, you're my best friend. In, like in high, We're in high school, and you're my best friend. And you're going... She's like complaining a little bit about me. Yeah. And you're going, I know. You I didn't totally, call her when you got back from the movies. I would have called you. And you're going, I would have called you. 
I did. Or or you did call her. Yeah, I did. I said, hey, did did Alex call yet? No. And it's... You know, he's kind of just not been with it recently. Something I think is going on. You know, he might... He might be seeing another dude. You know what he told me? Yeah. That's what you're doing. Yeah, I saw him take a picture of this guy's ass at the grocery store. <laughs> that's what you're doing, yeah. dude. Yeah. Like, that's fucked. I mean, it's look. really... This is war. That's against... No, that's against... Uh, what's the Geneva the, Convention? Geneva, that's against the Geneva Convention. Well, fucking drag me to the Hague. <laughs> Um, uh, I think that's it. I, I mean, I, we it's we could go over some more stuff, but oh wait, I got some quick ideas. How about you? How about you? Oh, do you? Yeah, I got two quick ideas. I just want to throw them out there. First one, an app that lets you just normally take a picture of someone's wall and it tells you the exact paint color and where you can get it. They have that. Do they? Yeah, you go to like Home no, Depot. No, but any, 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 like you just, I, I come up to your, your wall, and I'm just like, the oh, Home light app. sea foam. Home Depot app. It does that. Yeah, and I think even Amazon, Amazon has it too, to where like, okay. if you go to the department, well, that's why it's a high deal. Listen, it's you don't go. Listen, I understand you don't go to Home Depot often. I, went, I know, I get it. Went to Home Depot four times this past weekend. Well, when I go to Home Depot, it's on my phone. You go inside the, you know, the actual. You only structure. went inside for a minute. I prefer. I'm, I'm all. No, the they have they have that where you can like if you go like I think the Home Depot. You, I like, think I've seen Wifey do it, but it doesn't. That's why it's a high deal. It doesn't look. Maybe it already it's not has how invented. It's look. Mm. They do the same thing. I think Amazon does it like when you get like. Like, when I got, like, this rug, they were like, show us the room that you want to put it in. Like, I did it and, and like, you know, put it there. And I was like, it's just a video game now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Um, the other one I have, I think, is a billion-dollar idea. And I think that um, we need to, like, patent this right away. And that is, we're going to start making burger buns. Where the top part of the burger bun is cut back at a in as is in a circle and that will fully encompass the tomato that will then be put on the burger so that the top bun doesn't slip and slide records trick daddy I'm out you're out no tomatoes on my burgers okay but let's just say you were a tomato enthusiast I'm you not can see how that would be a good idea though p funk a non slip tomato this is something that you need to you need to think about a non-slip tomato. Do you, do you want tomato tomatoes on your burgers? If you want tomato, go over there. But if you don't, do tomatoes on your burgers. Stay with me, kid. I feel like that's a very arbitrary reason to pick a side, and I don't want you to make the worst. I'm decision gambling that she's not a life. tomato girl. And look, that's if it. I know my neighbor, if I know my neighbor, she oh, loves a good tomato. She was my neighbor before your neighbor. Well, guess whose neighbor she is now. We don't know yet. Uh, she's mine. All we know that is she doesn't have any ghosts or any, uh, you know, anyone, no one was murdered and there was no. Yeah, look, there wasn't a violent death in your house. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, so, yeah, that's my non slip tomato. I think it's a billion dollar idea. You're just shrugging past it because you're the one guy that's not going to have anything to fill in that area. I'll put bacon in there or something for you. What is it? Was that it's a little bacon like the pocket? cylindrical aspect of it then? Well, don't worry about that. Bacon pocket. Boom. Wow, he just made that up. Terrible idea. You guys saw that. That was a good idea. No, a good idea is making an app where 
you can open up the app and find uh, all public restrooms. You know, when you're in another city and you can piss and shit at when you, you know, you're just. You Does that exist? Sit. That's 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 always been my idea of an app. I would love to like when I'm visiting like you know other places and I'm in town for like you know that weekend. I need that in town. You know how many times I've almost taken a town. dump on a roof. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like in Palm Beach. Where's where's a place and and like the app tells you, hey, this place has a bathroom, but you have to buy it something. You know, like it lets you know, hey, someone has gone to this Seven Eleven. And the guy's cool. He just gives you the key. And then, hey, this 7-Eleven, actually, you have to buy a stick of gum. Yeah, no, I want Let's it to be more know. like that. It's more like a Yelp review of yeah. just bathrooms, some available, some not available. Yes. Like, I'm I'm totally in on that because I want to be like, yeah, uh, the 7-Eleven on this corner, like, replaces the TP all the time. The and door's they never use, locked. They use Charmin. Yeah. You know, it's not like the thin right. shit. Yeah. 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 That's always been. Or this see, one's got now a that's a good lock. idea. That's a good idea. You know. I bet that exists. You know, that's a good idea. Yeah. Like. What's the name of that app? The name of that um, app is. Uh, shit Space. Wandering Johns. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. Shit space was a good one, and then you just topped me with Wandering John. Where's Waldo? That's it. Where's no. Waldo? Where's no, John? Wand uh, wand <laughs> Wandering John's is perfect. Wandering John's. Yeah, so we're also going to start that up. See you guys next week. See ya.